You are listening to Heavenly Warriors, the podcast for anyone who wants to learn the deeper, supernatural truths not taught in most mainstream churches. Your hosts are best-selling author and guests on shows like The History Channel and Coast to Coast AM, Dr. Joy Jeffries Pugh, and me, a former atheist cop turned exorcist and author. This podcast is brought to you by my newest book, Boxing Blindfolded with Demons, which can be found at rickbellwriting.com, R-I-C-K-B-E-L-L-W-R-I-T-I-N-G.com, and by Dr. Joy Jeffrey Pugh's newest book, Beastmark, which you can find at drjoy.com, that's D-R-J-O-Y-E.com. Whether you believe in the devil and demons or not doesn't matter to them. In fact, demons prefer you don't believe, so you'll never know what's hitting you when they attack. The truth is, we have invisible enemies who want to rob us, attack our families with sickness and addictions, and cause us to struggle financially. We want to help you become a stronger and smarter heavenly warrior. You know, Dr. Joy, as I listen to our open there uh, that we play every time at the beginning of our show, I, something really jumped out at me. You know, the devil and the devil is real. Demons are real. They're real entities. And their greatest weapon is your belief that they don't exist or that they can't affect you. That is the essence of, like my book, Boxing Blindfolded with Demons. You can't even see them, but something's hitting you and repeatedly hitting you. And if the people who listen to, uh, listen to this podcast, I want you to understand we're doing, the, we're doing the same thing you are. We are trying to finish the race, fight the good fight like the Apostle Paul calls us, called us to do. We may have a, a little more knowledge than you because we've spent decades studying specific things, but our purpose is to impart that knowledge to you, not to brag or to show off how smart or wonderful or impervious to attack we are, because let me assure you, we are not. If you knew the things that Dr. Joy and I have to go through uh, you would go, oh my goodness, that sounds like my life. We don't come on here and air it out because it wouldn't do any good. But suffice to say, the battles have been daily for a while now, and they're no small things either. They are significant. They are meant to derail us, and the only thing that we have that we can fight back with is our knowledge, number one, if you don't know this stuff is real and you don't know what's hitting you, you cannot fight back. And number two, you have the ability to control your thoughts. To, as the Bible says, take every thought captive and pull it down. Don't let the devil run with it. That is easier said than done. Some days it's okay, I can do this, I'm good to go. And then a minute and a half later, you're wanting to go and get in a cave and spend the rest of your life 
hiding out in the cave from Jezebel. And it can literally turn on a dime. It can turn in a matter of minutes. Those things that you all, the listeners, struggle with, we understand that. We fight the same battles, and sometimes the, the, the mountains we have to climb are even taller because, uh, let me assure you, Satan does not want you hearing these messages. Is that because Dr. Joy and I are some great messengers of God? No, it's just because we've been obedient and willing to pay a price to bring you these things. It's not free. Now, you may listen for free. We don't ask for any money or anything like that. But what we bring you is not free. We pay a price to live this. We can't bring you this if we're not living it out, okay? It's not some book thing report we put together. These are experiences from our life, what God is revealing to us. It costs us something. It is going to cost you something when you begin to step out on faith, when you step out of the boat, as the Bible talks about, when you try to walk to Jesus on the water, it's going to cost you something. You're probably going to get wet a little bit when your faith fails a bit and you sink, okay, like the apostle did. So there's, there is a price to pay if you want to come up, but the reward is, it's everything. It's the only thing that makes any difference in this world that we're in. Everything else is going to pass away. The money, the job, the house, the new car, the old car, the classic, whatever, motorcycles, boats, whatever you have and, and you aspire to, that's fine. God gives us things to enjoy while we're here on the earth. But understand the only thing, the only thing that matters is eternity and what you're doing right now, Dr. Joy. Well, you you really have hit the the nail on the head with this. And that's one thing that I think so many people forget that everything that we can see with our earthly eyes are just in a little bit of a three-dimensional world with a lot more than we can see. I mean, there is a lot more all around us. And we know that from just being able to look at things under a microscope that you cannot see with your naked eye or a telescope that you cannot see with your naked eye out into the sky. So clearly, we have things that are all around us that we cannot see. And I think that that is important to really get it in your mind that there is a spiritual side of everything that exists. And it's all kind of right here with us. A lot of people like to pick and choose what they want to read about in Scripture. But the one thing that is mentioned over and over and over again is that we don't battle with the flesh and blood around us. That we literally are battling with principalities and powers in these high places. And I think it's pretty interesting that the only way for you to succeed in that is with the name of Jesus. And I mean, we are told that over and over and over that we cannot battle these battles without having a covering and using the name of Jesus to get through all of that. So I think it's really a sad thing, Rick, that our churches, they like to talk about the good things, you know, love your neighbor, all this kind of wonderful thing. There's nothing wrong with that. But we are now living in a time and in a day that we were told it happened at the end of 
let's say, humanity before Jesus comes back. Mm -hmm. I mean, we are living in that last hour, maybe even the last second. Mm -hmm. And what we are told is these things are going to be released from the abyss, that this manifestation is going to get worse, that we have to deal with. And clearly Satan, he, he knows scripture better than most people would know. I mean, even back when Jesus walked the earth, those beings that Jesus cast out of demonically possessed people came out and they knew that he was the son of God. So they know what they're dealing with. They know what the scriptures say. And I know lots of times pastors will push, well, don't give Satan all the credit. Just don't give Satan all the credit. Well, everything that we do that can send our souls into the gates of hell, it's all been devised by Satan. Nobody else. So in my opinion, you better know your enemy. You really better be on top of your enemy. And so I find that instead of spending so much time now in the pulpits talking about love your neighbor, love your, I mean, you you are to love your neighbor. You are to love God. God is love, but he's also a judge and he's coming back. And I feel like from the work that I've done, the research that I've done, that clearly what scripture has told us is going to happen. And when those signs converge, we see it happening. I mean, it's getting closer and closer and closer together. It can't be that long because everything is falling into place. And I think that the churches need to be establishing how do you fight as a a child of God? How do you fight this battle? I mean, it's something that you and I deal with on a daily basis. I mean, from second to second sometimes. And I've always told people that when you take a step against Satan, he comes back, he's, he comes back with a vengeance yep. because he wants you to stay quiet about yep. it. And so, and what you and I are doing, we've been fighting this battle for a while. Mm-hmm. Because we've been fighting it for a while, we now see the fight escalate. Mm-hmm. And to me, it goes along with end of days. We saw things start happening, you know, years ago since it like Israel became a state, those mm-hmm. kinds of things were prophesied that happened. But it also started saying once those things happened, then all these things will start happening that we are clearly seeing in the world. It's not just something in the United States. It's worldwide. Never has humanity been so bombarded by everything that scripture has told us would happen at the end of days to the final generation. You and I can feel it and see it. I, I mean, I know it from the research. I saw how hard it was to find you know, pieces of the puzzle, and now it's an everyday thing, just almost together on top of each other. The same way with the demonic presence. We used to fight this stuff. We felt it, but never like we are feeling it today. And I'm going to tell you something. It can be crushing, crushing to the point that you feel like you are drowning. So, you know, I want to encourage people that I, you know, that I was doing some research and I heard some prophetic words spoken by a preacher, and and he what he was saying was very real. That Satan he lives on our fear. So anything in your life that you fear about, pay attention because if it's money, if it's um, love, if it's Children, if you have fear about things, it seems that if you'll look, whenever he hits you, it will be in that little Achilles heel that you've got. 
And so the best thing is to try to remember that God tells us greater is he that is within us than Satan who is in the world. He went to the cross. He won the battle. In the end, as long as we follow Jesus, ask for forgiveness, you know, he forgives us and we seek the salvation that he offers us for eternal life. If we stay true to him, then in the end, we win. But Satan, every second, and people have this concept that once saved, always saved, that is just a fallacy that allows people to think that they're saved and then go out and do whatever they want to do. And you've got to get to terms with yourself. When, you, when God says change, he means change for the better. Even when he healed, when Jesus healed people, he said, go and sin no more because he was delivering them, if you read in the scripture, from the spirit of infirmity. Yep. He called it a spirit. The demonic entities that were in the people that were tearing themselves and doing crazy things and whatever, it was mental health problems that he clearly called demonic presence. These are demonic spirits. So I just think that right now, if you're dealing with issues in your life, take just step back and look at it. Is it in an area that you have a fear about? Because if you do, then the more you fear it, the more Satan's drawn to it. And, you know, when I did my book, Be Smart, that just came out, that's one thing that I found out more than anything. Our bodies vibrate at a frequency. When we get our minds on negative things, which would be worrying about something or fearing mm-hmm. something, Satan knows that vibration, and it just draws him and all of his evil demonic presence in this world to you because you are literally vibrating and allowing him to know that you're open to susceptibility in those areas. If you're in a positive state and you use faith, because that's how we get Jesus and God to and the Holy Spirit to really manifest themselves more, it's the more faith we have, the more we feel their presence. So the more fear you have, the more you're going to see the entities of evil show up. So I guess what I'm saying is if you are going through some really tough times, and I know the holiday seasons are a terrible time. I mean, I, mm-hmm. I've i lost most all of my family members. They yeah. have a few at a distance. Same here. I have one Same. sibling left. Uh, I do have one niece and, and one great nephew now. But the the thing about it is it's so little for what I had as I was a child growing up. So I see people during holiday season suffer and you're sad and you miss people because you think about when my mother was here, we did this and this and this. I mean, we decorated, we did all these kind of things. And, and then we had parties and everybody got together and people sat around and people cooked. I don't have anything like that anymore. It's it's non-existent. So if you let yourself get so caught up in the season and forget to think about what what is really going on here, Satan is using your sadness. He's using your fear. He's using whatever he can to latch onto because when you're sad, when you're crying, when you have those sad memories, if you can turn around and say, I know where those people are. I would never ask for them to come back. 
praise the Lord, as a child, I had these, this kind of parent or this kind mm-hmm. of family or this kind of friends. And then I had the grand opportunity to do this, this, and this. What I would tell people to do is to seek out other Christians to really, you know, go into churches or go into nursing homes, go, go and do something for, for the good of humanity. Because it seems to me that, again, if you are engaging in something that is godly, the tuning of your body becomes godly, and that helps push away the evil. I mean, I think about many times, sometimes I don't feel like going to church. And, you know, there's always, you can use every kind of excuse in the book about not going if you want to do that. But I have found if I just keep praying, Lord, you know, I want to be in church tonight because I play music. And so it's very important for me to be there. I don't want to put that off of someone else. But sometimes I feel really bad and I would be like, like sick. And I would just say, give me the internal fortitude to make it there. Mm -hmm. And Rick, I will tell you 99.9% of the time, unless you're just throwing up or something, uh, God will make you feel better once you've taken that step and you're in that environment that you can receive a blessing and a healing. So many times we take for granted the miracles that are happening around us every day. And we're so caught up in what kind of presence, how much is going to cost, what we're going to do, that we mm-hmm. forget what the blessing is to breathe, yes, to swallow, Mm-hmm. to see, mm-hmm. to talk, to eat. I mean, these are blessings that God can take away in one second. Mm-hmm. I mean, I've seen people recently in, in the churches where I go be fully functional, having a great time, and then within an hour, they were deathly sick. Mm-hmm. So... Satan is going to, you know, he is going to hit wherever, ever he can hit. And you have got to keep your mind. You, you, like you mentioned, you've got to be able to bring it captive and say, am I thinking these things? Am I afraid of these things? Whatever it is that you're doing, Satan is going to attack you. And he's going to know you're like that and you're vulnerable. I mean, even if you stop and think, when Jesus went up and he took him up into the mountains and he offered him to give him the kingdoms of the world. Jesus was at his worst time because he had been fasting and praying. And I know that that's one of the things that I had learned from another pastor that during the time, if you think about this, if he said, remember the word halt, H-A-L-T, mm-hmm. hungry, angry, lonely, or tired. Right. That is when Satan is going to find you and he is going to hit you, hit you, hit you, hit you. And the more you react to it, the more he hits you because now you're vibrating those frequencies, that negative, negative, negative coming out. And he's just attack, 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 attack. Mm -hmm. And he will use people think, well, you know, does, does Satan, can he use people? He can use a child. And I've heard him do this. We would have be having a great service and a child would start crying and people would start looking around. We are losing the focus of what's being taught to you by the, the pastor. It can be the same thing with the music. If you've got a great song 
and and it's really coming to a crescendo and it's got the emotion in it that you've built to make the person feel what the words are speaking in a in a very christian song and somebody forgot to turn the telephone off and it starts ringing it's amazing that you can be getting your family together around the table and and everybody's happy and whatever and then the telephone rings or something happens to stop it. I, I mean, I've seen people, like I say, be in the middle of a prayer and be having a very prayerful service and something crazy outside, like an ambulance goes by right. with screaming and sirens that everybody focuses for a moment a different way than what needed to be. Satan is very good at what he does, Rick. He's very good, and we have felt that. We are feeling that. You and I both have experienced this quite quite terribly over the last months trying okay. to do this show. That is exactly right, and I want to speak about something that people will, will relate to. Most everyone listening to this has heard the term PTSD, which stands for post-traumatic stress disorder. That means something happened to a person at some point in their life, and it wounded them emotionally. It traumatized them. I certainly suffer from PTSD. Now, I was never in the war. I was a police officer, which you literally, every first responder, believe it or not, like 100% of them end up with PTSD because of the nature of what you see the human body was not designed to see gunshot wounds and people being stabbed and constantly having stress like an, a first responder on an ambulance, for instance, or a fireman. All they see is, is bad things, destruction. It gives you PTSD. Everyone has some form, and I'm using specifically PTSD, post-traumatic stress disorder, PTSD. Everyone suffers from that at some level, and let me explain why. All that is, is a specific, intentional, targeted wounding of your spirit orchestrated by the evil forces that we contend with. In other words, who do you think wants you to be traumatized? You think Jesus does? You think the angels do? No, the enemy comes to steal, kill, and destroy you. You all, everyone listening to this, has some form of PTSD. In other words, something somewhere happened that broke a part of you. I did a teaching on this years ago, and I called it the broken heart model. Every time you're wounded, it can be by an ex-boyfriend, an ex-spouse, an ex-wife, a former boss, the kid that lived down the street that used to call you fat, it can be a school teacher that told you you were never going to amount. It can be anything. And a part of your heart breaks, especially when you're a child and those things are said to you. A part of you is wounded. And you may not ever know that until you're an adult and you start seeing the fruit of your life. The tree, the fruit that that wound is bearing shows up in your life in the form of broken relationships and and substance abuse, and, and fill in the blank. So we all suffer from this PTSD. I personally do from a spirit of rejection. Did I choose that spirit of rejection? No. 
it was thrust upon me, but it's as real as, as anything else. So when I start to think on certain things, keyword here, when I start to think something will trigger me, you hear that phrase all the time, you're getting triggered. And I'm using these phrases because they're now in our common vernacular and people know what I'm talking about, PTSD and being triggered. Things will trigger you emotionally, certainly during the holidays. Memories. You'll see something. Someone will say something. A song will come on the radio that will instantly put you back in a place, in a situation, and within 10 seconds, your mind is going to a, pace, a place of pain, okay? And you don't even realize you've gone into it until you're sitting there and all of a sudden you're blue and you're kind of depressed and you're like, oh, I remember. I am the poster child for that, okay? Now, what Satan will do, he will save up a whole bunch of attacks and then he will unleash them on you one after another, after another, after another to pile them on. They won't come all at once. They'll come an hour apart or a day apart, or maybe a week apart, but they will come where you don't have time to catch your breath to recover from that. When those things are attacking you, they're attacking your PTSD, just like you, you've all heard of the soldiers that come back from the war, and some of them are never okay the rest of their life. They'll, they'll, when I was a police officer, it was during you know the, the veterans that had come back from the Vietnam War, and many calls I made, there would be a Vietnam veteran who had had a flashback. That's what we called it in those days, a flashback. And he had taken his rifle, and he was crawling on his belly throughout the neighborhood looking for Viet Cong. And, and we had to go and try to subdue this poor guy without hurting him. But he and he's, in his mind, he was back in Vietnam. And I, I made many calls like that. It is, it is a real thing. We fight the same demons with our PTSD, again, we may have never gone to war, but someone said something to wound you and hurt you, and you know what I'm talking about. I would venture to say there are very few people listening to this podcast who have not had a few train wrecks in their life. The very nature of the people that reach out for this kind of teaching <laughs> are the the woman in the Bible that had to touch the hem of his garment, they had some issues, some problems. Most, I would say every one of you listening to this has had a train wreck, and you, you possibly are going through some remnants of that now. Uh, the lingering effects of its PTSD. When you get triggered, and you will, Satan will make sure things are said, people are sent into your life. You may hear from someone that pops into your life you hadn't seen in years that was in, an integral part of your life at one point. And all of a sudden, you know, you've moved on. Life's gone. They pop back in. And with that, it may not be the first immediately, the first day, but with that, we'll start to come triggers. Little by, and you sometimes, I'm, I lived this more than once, I'm sad to say. You will start getting triggers from that. And, a little, and when you wake up one day and you go, what has happened to me. What, what's going on? It was a, a hit against you. 
Satan, if he can get you emotionally shut down through PTSD, through stuff that's happened to you before that's wounded you, he can have his way with you. That's what this whole thing, the boxing blindfolded with demons thing is about. So how do you combat that? What do you do about it? First of all, if you're familiar at all with the 12-step program, I fortunately never had any addictions like that where I had to go to a Alcoholics Anonymous or whatever. My, both my parents were alcoholics. All my adopted family were alcoholics. I know it well. They were Irish, and trust me, they, you know, they could drink anybody under the table. But in a 12-step program, the first thing you do is stand up and say, my name is, and I am an alcoholic. So you have to admit you got a problem. You have to admit I was wounded with this way back. Now, that's hard and embarrassing sometimes. To, you don't want to tell anyone some things. But there's a reason the Bible says confess your issues one to another. You see, because when you bring it out of the dark, it puts light on it. Satan does not function in the light. He has to go to the darkness. It's like if you have roaches and you turn the lights on, those suckers scamper. They cannot stand the light. Satan can't stand the light. So that's why find someone, a Christian, that you can relate to, that you click with, and talk to them and say, hey, you got a minute. I'm going to buy you a cup of coffee. I just need to talk to you if, if you don't mind. And if they're open to it and your spirit feels right with them, Say, look, this is what happened to me on my, I remember when I was 12, blah, blah. I remember when I was 22, I did this or this was done to me. Just talk about it. Open that dialogue, knowing that's the first step in the 12-step thing is to say, hey, I've, I've got a problem. This is it. When you give that thing a voice, you take away its power. When you hide it, it gives it power. Why do you think the mafia operates in, in secrecy? Because if it's ever, that was the worst thing that happened to the mob was John Gotti, because he was all of a sudden a flamboyant. He was a mobster and head of the Gambino crime family. He did a hit and took the, uh, the head guy out, Paul Castellano. But the old school mobsters laid low. You would never know they were mobsters. They live in a normal house. They'd have $7 million buried in the backyard, but you wouldn't know it. They wouldn't have a, a Rolls Royce in the front yard and a, a big boat like the Sopranos, Tony Soprano, all of those things drew attention to them, and they knew better than to do that. So Satan wants to do the same thing. He wants to stay in the shadows and not be brought out. So when you begin to talk about, hey, I, I think I'm wounded from this. This thing wounded me, and there's nothing to be ashamed of. We're fighting a war here. Should a, a soldier who gets wounded in a battle, he takes a bullet through his side, should he be ashamed no, he got hit. He took a, a round, and now he's got to get R&R &R and get recovered. You have to do the same thing. So when you become triggered, you're going to get triggered with things. Satan will make sure of that, especially the more you listen to these kinds of podcasts, read Dr. Joy's kind of books, and educate yourself. Not sitting in a church, unfortunately, you're not going to get 99% of what we talk about in any church. And I, can, I could do seven hours on just that. And I've done the whole church thing. I've been in it. I had a church. I was a pastor of my own church. I know all about it inside and out. A church has to generate money to pay the bills, has to do that. That means there are certain topics that you can talk about and some things you can't because the people will stop coming. They don't want to hear about certain 
issues or sins or whatever. They want to hear motivational speeches. That's why the mega churches are motivational speeches. Turn them on and listen. Church with 5,000 members, all, all they're going to talk about is living your best life now. How you can overcome whatever. But they don't tell you how to overcome it, just that you can. I'm telling you the truth. Perfect example. I was a, a fighter. You know, my story, I was a boxer, a kickboxer. I was a champion kickboxer, and I was also a boxer, which made me a, an excellent kickboxer because I trained with George Foreman's fighters. He was in my hometown of Marshall, Texas. Look it up. That's where he was born. He moved to Houston, and then he moved back to Marshall when he won the heavyweight championship of the world, bought a ranch. That's not in the George Foreman movie. They show his ranch. Well, that ranch is in Marshall, Texas, where I lived. And I had a, a karate school and a boxing gym there. So anyway, so I was with George Foreman doing all that training. When I retired from boxing, you know, competing, I began training fighters because I had a gym and I had a stable of, uh, had a world champion in my stable, uh, kickboxer, and had some boxers, former pro boxers. That I'd transitioned to kickboxing. Anyway, I trained these fighters. When they would come to my gym for me to train them, they were facing a fight. They were going to get in a ring with a guy who wanted to kill them if he could. Wasn't worried about killing them. If he could hit them hard enough to kill them, it would be okay because he would get the win. It'd be too bad, you know, sorry I killed you, but you're in here and I'm going to try to kill you. If I would have sat those fighters down that I was training and say, hey, guys, what do you want me to, uh, what do you want to hear about? They would have said, Oh, I don't know. We can watch some fight films and, you know, maybe have some pizza and, you know, let's look and watch how maybe how Muhammad Ali fought, maybe learn from that. And I would have said, sounds good to me. Let me order some pizza because all I really want is your money. You, as long as you keep paying me your dues to come here. Yeah, we'll sit on the couch and, you know, have some Coke and pizza, whatever, and watch these fight films. And I would make them feel good, but then they would get knocked out or killed in the, the fight that was coming up. So I had to say, let me tell you what you need to do. You need to get in. Today we're going to throw 1,000 jabs. They'd go, 1,000? My shoulder's going to fall off. I said, well, if it does, I'll tape it back on. But you're going to throw 1,000 jabs. The next day, we're going to do 1,000 sit-ups. They'd go, what? what? I'm going to throw up. I said, if you do, I'll clean it up. Get on the sit-up board. Now, I'm, I'm telling you, this is how it is in the real world. You're going to get in a fight. you got to be trained to do that. And when you go to a church, you're in a fight. And if the pastor is not telling you these things that we're talking about, the PTSD, the demon attacks against you, and how to take those thoughts captive, they're not getting you in shape to fight. They're, in essence, putting you on the couch and getting you a pizza and Coke and watching some Mike Tyson boxing videos when you've got the fight of your life coming up. No, you have to get in the ring and have someone punching at you so you can learn to bob and weave and slip punches and slide your foot. It's all, all that stuff has to be done. So the churches are not doing a good job with that. And I'm telling you, if you're sitting in a church and you're feeling like, I'm really not getting anything, I get more out of listening to these, these broadcasts with Dr. Joy and, and Rick. Well, y there's a reason for that, okay? There's nothing wrong not picking on 
you or the church or whatever, but you have to go to the well where you're going to get the water, the living water. You're going to have to get in shape because it's not going to go back to get easier. It's not. Listen to that one thing if you hear nothing else. Everything is going to escalate from this point out. Life as you knew it a couple of years ago is O-V-E-R. It's over. I'm not saying that to be a doom and gloom, uh, fear porn, whatever. I'm telling you the truth because I am going to be accountable for what I say to you on these podcasts, these broadcasts. They live on forever in perpetuity, which means if the Lord takes me home tomorrow, guess what? My voice is going to keep on these airways. That's why it's so crucial. The Lord taught me years ago, whatever you record, whatever you put out there that is a lasting thing, if it's a song, if it's a movie, that thing is going to carry an anointing with it. Listen to me. It has effect years after you first created or recorded it. That is why I take this so seriously. What I say to you, I am going to give an account for before the Lord. I don't do this as a hobby or because it's a club that I'm in. I think it's cool to be in this Christian club. Uh, there are a lot of other things I could do rather than put myself on the line to come out and say these things. Because if you ever want to get another job, <laughs> like you do a, a resume to get a job, thank God I'm self-employed because no one is going to hire me after these broadcasts we've made all these years. They'll pull them up and they'll say, you're a little bit you're a little bit fanatic, man. You're you're one of those right-wing wing nuts that you you go, you know, you see ghosts behind trees. You're nuts. So that's the fact of this. So there's a price to pay for us coming on and doing this, but it's real. And that's the only reason I come on and I'm accountable for what I say and I've got to tell you the truth. I can't sugarcoat it. I can't put you on the couch with a, a video on and give you pizza and Coke and say, everything's going to be all right. You're going to live your best. God's got this. God's got this. God, well, yeah, he does have it. As long as you got it, you got to do something. <laughs> if God has it, you can just go sit under the tree, the apple tree, and wait and bring yourself a pizza and a Coke and just sit there and chill. Doesn't work that way. If Paul said, fight the good fight, finish the race. The apostle Paul, that Paul, he said, hey, you got a race to run. You got to fight. Listen, I just, I found this out not long ago. One of the prisons Paul was in when he wrote most of the New Testament was underground in Rome, and it was actually the sewage treatment plant. Okay, that's what we know them as today is the sewage treatment. That's where the sewage, the waste, the human feces and urine flowed down into this underground jail area. They say that the stench, the smell was so strong that men died from the toxins and the gases that were constant in this. Imagine if you've ever driven by the sewage plant in your town. Oh, you won't forget it. It is the most unbelievably painful thing to inhale. Paul was down there in that stuff. Many of the guys died that were put in there because they couldn't stand the smell, the stench, 24 hours a day. And the Apostle Paul is there writing these words that now we read that are life to us. Think about that. Think about what he went through for that. 
And I'm telling you, we all have a cross to bear. Yours is different than mine. But dig down and find that thing that's going to pull you up. Take those thoughts captive. When you get triggered, you have to say, wait a minute, in the name of Jesus. You may have to start singing Amazing Grace or sing any gospel song. I have, you know, a certain Dottie Rambo song that every time something, I've done this for years, you know, the song just gets in my emotions. And whenever I get hit, I just go, he is Lord. He is Lord. He has risen. And by the time I get to the word risen, my spirits are already better. Now, I may have to sing that 106 times a day, <laughs> but I that, that's my thing. Whatever works for you. You may say, yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I shall fear no evil. For thou art with me. And that may be all you remember of it. Just say that. You may say, our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name, thy kingdom come. Say the Lord's Prayer. It'll take your mind. Listen, it'll break that preoccupation with that trigger event that is trying to take you back to your pain, Dr. Joy. I agree. That is just foolproof that the Scripture has always told us to keep our minds on good and to actually meditate on the scriptures. It doesn't say, you know, repeat them repetitiously, something over and over and over again. But he does tell us to meditate on the Holy Word and to keep our mind on good. That is brought out in scripture over and over and over again. And I can remember as a child reading that thinking, that's really a push to Keep your mind, keep your mind, keep your mind in order. Why was he telling us that? Because our mind is where Satan plays the game. Yeah. And if we fear, like I was, you know, mentioned earlier, if we have that fear and our mind is on that fear, then it is drawing Satan to us, literally. And, you know, with this book, The Be Smart, that I just finished, you can scientifically prove it that when you take and I've mentioned this before on the broadcast, you can take glasses of water and literally speak good words to one glass of water and freeze it and then speak bad words to another glass of water and freeze it. And when you look at the crystals under a microscope after they've been frozen, the water literally reacted to good versus evil. The the good words made the crystals beautiful like snowflakes. The bad words made the crystals like they were jagged and terrible. So you just think about if if words could affect water like that, what is it really doing to us? I mean, there is a reason why Scripture tells us that God created everything. He spoke it into existence. That means sound, vibration is what created everything we see because what we saw was not before. There was nothing that was designed after the fact. These things that you literally see with your eyes were all spoke into existence. They all have vibration. I mean, it doesn't matter if it's a plant. Every plant has a different vibration, just like humanity has a vibration, but then each one of us has our own tube tuned within that same vibration. And that's, it's really, it's phenomenal. The science behind that, and I think this is probably one of the most 
research books in as far as science that I've ever done to understand the medical parts of what it is to be human, right down to the DNA and the genes and how all of that is vibratory reacting to the existence that we live here on this planet. It's all connected. Your DNA is actually talking to your cells and everything else yeah. like we talk on cell phones. I mean, when yeah. you start getting to the in, the in-depthness and the, the, the micro levels of how frequency affects everything, I mean, I cannot tell you. It, it was an eye-opening experience for me to do the research for the book, and I'm hoping that in people who read that research that is an eye-opening experience to you that everything you think, do, say, it's all recorded. It's all, and, yeah. and the thing about it is God created that. And when he makes you stand before him at the great white throne of judgment, if you don't, if you're not covered by Jesus's blood to get you into paradise, you have no, you have no re repercussion. You, you're not going to be able to say, well, I didn't say that. Or, you know, people who lie and say, oh, I didn't say that. I didn't say that. I didn't mean that. <laughs> well, when you stand before God and you say, well, Sally and Joe told me to do it. None of that is going to matter. No. I mean, he can bring up every thought. Every emotion, everything you did, evil. I mean, it will be, you can't fight against something that's completely truth. And if you don't stay true to what he's telling you, and I know we're human and I know we slip and fall, but when you slip and fall, you get up and dust yourself off and you go to him and ask for forgiveness. And then you don't go back to those things that he's told you clearly in his manual, if you'll just read it. Scripture is straightforward. These are the things that he does not allow into heaven. He clearly identifies yeah. everything there. It's not like a little kid can't figure this out. Hmm. I mean, it's like listed. What will not get into heaven? It's right. very, very, very clear. So when people think that it's okay to be homosexual or it's okay to be a fornicator and it's okay to change a child from a man to a woman and a woman to a man and all that kind of stuff. Um, you need to read the scriptures because God loves his children, but he's got parameters and you've got to be in those parameters to ever get back into a heavenly paradise. I mean, that's why he put Satan and all of his angels that followed Satan out. And he is not going to ever let any of those thought processes and sins that Satan created ever enter into paradise again. That's over with when that happens. So if you think you're going to fool God, it's not like fooling your best friend or fooling your spouse or fooling, you know, the teacher. It's nothing like that. You're dealing with an entity that created everything, including you. And the... You you hit, as you said earlier, you just hit the nail on the head. Everything is vibrational. The reason none of those things can be allowed in the kingdom of heaven is because of the vibration they carry. Everything, every word, every deed, every thought, has vibrational qualities, just like Dr. Joyce said with the experiment with the frozen water. There's a vibration to everything. 
The Bible says that in the last days, knowledge will increase. I believe that there's a reason that Dr. Joy has uncovered these things and a few others over the years, and Dr. Joy will, will also agree, have uncovered likewise things. They just didn't have the platforms that we have nowadays to get the message out with the Internet and, and the, uh, uh, the publishing and distribution of the books and audio, these podcasts. So knowledge, once you get this knowledge— you literally explode your understanding. The Bible says, we say this all the time, my people perish, that's his people, the Christian people, my people perish for a lack of knowledge. As we've said, that's not the lack of knowledge of Jesus and who Jesus is. We, we got that. That's how we became a Christian. That's why we are Christians. We know Jesus and we know we're saved and all that. What other knowledge is he talking about? It's this knowledge, it's these revelations that everything has a vibration to it. It's going to be good or it's going to be bad. Your goal, your um, purpose in this life is to align yourself with heavenly vibrations by your actions, your thoughts, your words, your relationships, your, your job performance, everything that you do when you go out every day into the world, you are a minister. If you know Jesus, if you are a Christian, you carry the name of Christ, a Christian, you are a minister. You've probably never thought of yourself that way, but you are. The people you talk, speak with in Walmart, you're ministering to them. What comes out of your mouth, good, bad, or, or whatever, neutral, is a type and form of ministry. Now, does that mean you go in and you start uh, evangelizing everyone, tell them, no, because they'll lock you up, basically. They'll run from you. You just talk with people. You strike up conversations, and you just be friendly with people. That's your best witness, is being a friendly person. And then God will open a door for you to mention Jesus. That, that will always come up if you will just be friendly to people and strike up conversations. Many times they'll bring up something that allows you to say, you must be a Christian. I can tell from the way you speak you're a Christian. And they'll say, I sure am. And I say, oh, let me, let me tell you what the Lord's doing. And God will give you something right then to say to them that will relate about your life that they'll go, that's, what's, that's what I'm going through. So you're a minister. We're all ministering as we go. And our job is to go spread love. Okay, that sounds like something on a T-shirt, but it's the truth. The love of God comes through us communicating with other people, and oh, it gets hard sometimes. Let me tell you, I'm in the entertainment business. That's what I get. My paycheck is for going and making people laugh, and go, go, I go to restaurants, and I perform music, and I host uh, trivia. I'm like an MC and all that, and, and I'm, I write my own. It's like comedy. It's all clean, of course. There's not any, any blue or dirty things, but... It, I get paid to do all of those things. I get so tired of being in front of people that many times I just want to go and, and get in a cave somewhere or get in my room and shut the door and not come out for two weeks because there's an anxiety level that comes along with being, and Dr. Joy knows what I'm talking about, being in front of people and having expectations 
every night. This is every night of the week. It's not once a week I do this. I do that Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday. Every night I walk in and there is a room full of, let's say, 150, maybe 200 people expecting me to make them laugh, make them enjoy the music. What are you going to do for me now? That kind of a thing. Okay, that starts to weigh on you. I'm telling you, I've been doing it now for 20 years. And it really started to get to me about a year ago. And when COVID hit, it was, you know, everything shut down for a year or whatever it was. And I, it was great. I was home. I didn't have to do anything. I didn't have to go see anyone. But then COVID lifted and all my regular gigs started calling me back, wanted me to get back in there as quickly as I could. So I all started over. Since that, it has just been anxiety on me. To have to go and do this every day. I never had this anxiety in my life. I've been doing this literally in, in a band since I was 12 years old, playing in front of people. It never bothered me. I've played on some of the biggest stages in the world. I'm not bragging. I'm telling you, that's been my journey. I play guitar. I sing. I sing harmony. I write music. I play a lot of instruments. I'm just, God gave me that to do. But all of a sudden, I have this anxiety about going and being in front of people every night. Sometimes it's all I can do to make myself get in my vehicle and drive to the gig, playing, telling myself all the time, all right, thank you, Jesus. You've given me this to do. Thank you, Lord. Be with me while I do this. Thank you, Jesus. I need you to get me through this. And when I get in there, it, it all flows. I kind of go on autopilot. But I'm telling you, something has changed in the atmosphere, and there's more pressure on us now than there ever has been, and I really believe that. And the things that you, our listeners, are struggling with, it is not your imagination. Things have intensified. The very things Dr. Joy teaches about, and I've spoken about, the CERN, uh, the Hedron Collider, where they're trying to uh, open up the portals, that's what it's about. There are more spirits in this realm now, and this is not woo-woo fantasy stuff. I wish it were, because my life would be a lot smoother. You know, I would be happy, 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 as Uncle Cy says in Duck Dynasty. But it's not that way. And we are facing these headwinds, these spiritual demonic headwinds. And right now is the time we're going to have to buckle up, strap yourself in, put your boxing gloves on, and put your dukes up because you're going in there to fight. You're going to take some punches in a fight. There's not going to be where a glove's not going to be landed on you. You're going to get hit. You might get knocked down. You're going to have to get up, dust your gloves off, go back in there. It's going to hurt. It's not going to feel good. But if you'll keep fighting, the Apostle Paul used that. Fight the good fight. Why did he use that? Because it's a perfect analogy. If you will keep fighting, you will eventually come out on top. We do these uh, broadcasts, and Dr. Joy and I always had the goal of we're going to do these in 30 minutes or less because that way people can digest them. I'm looking at the clock. We just hit 55 minutes on this one, and we've got, you know, a, a few more things to say, but we're going to hold it for the next broadcast. But Dr. Joy, I'm going to let you finish up and say what you want to say, and then we'll pick this up next time we have these great listeners. I think that's a, a wonderful idea. Sometimes we just need to continue because there is so much to say about what's happening around us. And we are living in the day and hour that you need to be paying attention to everything that you participate in, whatever, whatever it is, 
whether it's watching TV, whether it's listening to podcasts, whether it's listening to music, everything is being affected by Satan and his evil. And this day and time, evil sells. It's unfortunate the music that is out there sometimes can be finely tuned. They're using strange chords that really affect you. And if, um, if you don't understand that, I just invite you to do, re- do some of the research, either read the book that I did about Be Smart, where you can really get a grasp of how everything you're around is affecting you. And it's affecting your children and your, you know, your parents and your grandparents, your aunts and uncles, people that you really care about. Even in the churches, you have to be very careful because right now the churches have been infiltrated with this upbeat music that sounds good and it sounds like you're in a bar and people are really getting into it. The problem is, is those particular beats are absolutely doing something to you that you don't realize. And so you've got to be careful about repetitious, repetitious music. And certain beat levels and those kinds of things that I really have tried to bring forth in the research that I've been doing for quite some time. So uh, we live in a day and an hour that God told us to be watchmen on the wall and that we would know the season. I'm telling you, we are in the season and the end is not far away. If you care enough about yourself and those that you love, remember this. Your soul is your greatest asset. That is what Satan's after, and he will use whatever he can use to get it. Guard it with your life. Thank you for listening to Heavenly Warriors. You can find the show notes for this episode at heavenlywarriors.com. If you join our mailing list while you're there, we'll send you something free as a thank you. Once again, this podcast is sponsored by my newest book, Boxing Blindfolded with Demons, which can be found at rickbellwriting.com, R-I-C-K-B-E-L-L-W-R-I-T-I-N-G.com, and Dr. Joy Jeffrey Pugh's newest book, Beastmark, which can be found at her website, drjoy.com. That's D-R-J-O-Y-E.com. If you liked what you heard, make sure to subscribe to Heavenly Warriors and leave us a review on Apple Podcasts, Podchaser, and Audible. Do you know someone who would benefit from the Heavenly Warriors podcast? Please send them a link to this episode. We only grow when our listeners share the podcasts, and we really appreciate it. May God bless you. Until next time.